Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. is Hardwood Handicappers, VEASAN's premier NBA betting podcast. Here are your hosts, Jonathan Von Tobel and Kelly Bidlin. All right, what's up, folks? Welcome in. It is the Tuesday edition, Hardwood Handicappers, and what a day of basketball we got yesterday. Kelly Bidlin's alongside. We got to recap everything we saw yesterday, and we have three games today, three tickets to potentially be punched, as we have three teams all holding on to 3-1 series leads, all at home getting ready to end their series with their respective opponents. We'll talk about whether or not those teams can do it. But, Kelly, we got to go back to last night. Yeah. I Like, yesterday, both games. Both games were absolutely tremendous. I yeah. It was edge-of-your-seat basketball, like, every single step of the way. But we have to begin with the early game because the team that we hate and the team that, again, I will invoke the Breaking Bad Jesse Pinkman. He can't keep getting away with this meme. <laughs> Miami Heat have a 3-1 series lead over the Milwaukee Bucks because James G. Buckets, or Jimmy uh, Jimmy uh, Butler, as he is known by his real name, holy smokes, 56 points, 9 rebounds. The Heat comes storming back from a fourth-quarter deficit, dropped 41 in the final quarter of play on Milwaukee to take a 3-1 series lead back on the road. I, like, what do you even say about what we witnessed from Jimmy Butler yesterday? That was absolutely astonishing. It was like I had we talked about it yesterday. I had, a lot, I had bets on the Bucks. Um, I mean, luckily, I guess a, a smaller first half one got there, but that obviously failed in the end. This was a uh, you 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 ran into a superstar playing the best game of his life, right? Like that's that's yeah. gonna happen, I guess, time to time with the NBA. Jimmy Butler played the best game of his of his career and one of the best playoff performances we have ever seen. Um there's a lot we could discuss about this game James. Like I almost wanted to pick your pick your mind about like okay, are they going to adjust to this going forward? Like I think I think I saw the stat earlier of there was only six times they actually double teamed Jimmy Butler. Do mm-hmm. they not care? You know, I, I think they made a pretty big statement yesterday of they don't really care to double team Jimmy Butler. Like let's not let the rest of the offense operate but I mean, like, I don't know how you lived through that result yesterday and maybe not start thinking about adjusting, right? Yeah, I I agree with that. Like, I just I feel like if you're Milwaukee, especially with Giannis back, you feel comfortable in that we have two guys in Drew Holiday and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo that we feel comfortable matching up with him one on one. And if we if we get into those one on one scenarios, 
then we're going to be live or die. It will take that possession, whatever happens. Yeah. However, one of the things that was kind of bothering you yesterday was Jimmy Butler was hunting Chris Middleton. Like he yes. was going after him as often as he possibly could. And they were kind of just like soft switching. Like they weren't, they were, they were like, oh, Chris has got this, but Chris didn't get it. Like Chris he, didn't, he didn't have it. it. Yeah, right. He didn't have it. <laughs> so like at, at some point, I, I feel like you, you start, like you stop like soft switching and just like allowing them to get the matchup they want. Right. And, and maybe more aggressively make sure that Drew Holiday stays on Jimmy Butler. Maybe make sure that Giannis Antetokounmpo gets Jimmy Butler um, as opposed to letting Chris Middleton get feasted upon by Butler. And I think that was one of the things that was pretty shocking. It was outside of that and just the boneheaded turnovers by the team yes, that they were yes. just completely falling apart and allowing runouts and buckets. Like, like there's not much you can do. Like the, like the Caleb Martin long two right from the corner with Giannis in his face. Like, what are you supposed to do there? Like yeah, you can't yeah. really do much on a shot like that. So yeah. I, I feel like there are adjustments you can make. And one of the big ones is don't allow Jimmy Butler to get the matchup that he wants because he ate Chris Middleton for lunch. Yeah, I think the the turnovers, um, it, it all happened. It all just happened so quickly, right? That you're like, I mean, there was a point where I'm like, yo, bud, like we're going to call a timeout at any point, yep. right? Like that was a little weird. Old bud um, showed up yesterday. Like old, yeah. old Mike Budenholzer showed up yesterday. Yeah, and it was just like, I, I don't, like it, it didn't feel like until the Heat actually took a, the lead, the entire Bucks like team just didn't feel like they were panicked at all. Right. And then it was like, all of a sudden, like, Oh wow, this just became real, real, real quick. And man, they were toast. I, I mean, I, I, the only other things, I, I mean, the heat side, I, I think we hit on everything. Like this is Jimmy Butler. He's been amazing in the playoffs. What an, what an amazing game. Um, can you expect to get that from him again? I don't think so. But who knows? Obviously, they've been getting it done one way or the other for three different get, three different wins now. Um, I, I'll turn it around on like Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton cannot, as much as we put an emphasis on Giannis, like you can't have that bad bad, bad of games offensively either. Like you're not gonna, this team's not gonna do anything if they if they're not getting if they're getting that kind of production from those two offensively. Middleton four for twelve from the field, Holiday six for nineteen. It's just you got thirty six points from Brooke Lopez. You still lost this game. It's just yeah, that can't happen. It can't happen. I thought. I, I, I mean, actually, I mean, I mean, really, JVT outside of Brook Lopez and Giannis, there was nobody impressive on the Milwaukee side last night, right? There is nobody. Yep. Like Grayson Allen started off hot, but then he kind of disappeared. Uh, I, I mean, some wasted minutes by Ingles and Portis and stuff. Portis only played thirteen minutes. Yeah, I, I was really surprised by that. The uh, the inability like to finish within four feet of the basket for Milwaukee. They went twenty one of thirty six at the rim in the game. So like thirty six attempts is good, but you can't only hit twenty one of them. You right. can't shoot under sixty percent within four feet. And like it, and again, like we have to note here, and like I, we talked about this right. Like inherently, still best of seven series are still very small sample sizes. So as we've talked about, one of the main things for Miami, we keep discussing. The shooting can't continue, and yet again yesterday, Miami, 40% from three-point range. Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler hit yes. multiple threes down the stretch to essentially ice the game. So, like, as we kind of move forward, it's kind of like a, it's a little bit of what we discussed yesterday, right? The shooting variance and in the, the two other series that we discussed, the poor shooting has regressed and corrected itself for the teams that we were talking about, Sacramento Golden State and then Atlanta and that Boston Celtics series. But for this... It's been four games of light-out shooting for the Miami Heat and contested 
shooting. That's the other thing. They're not getting wide open threes. Still, again, yesterday, they didn't generate a high amount of wide open threes, Kelly. I'll, I'll pull up. The, actually, there's a number out there. I'm going to get exactly for you in terms of what they're shooting on contested shots. Yeah. But regardless, like, like that's that's another thing. If you're in Milwaukee, like, you're just kind of looking around, like, did you collapse? Yes. But at some point, when some of those shots, like Caleb Martin's, like, long corner two are going down, like, man, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- there was, there was, look, there, I, I, you can't put it one way or the other with that game last night, right? It was a mix of, it was a mix of the heat going off and Jim, Jimmy Butler going off and there was nothing you were going to be able to do about it combined with Milwaukee having some mistakes along the way, right? Like they, it, it took both for that to happen and it definitely happened, but I don't like, wow. Th- there's, I mean, for, for three and a half quarters of that game for more than that, Milwaukee dominated, dominated yep. the game. I, I I don't know. I this is I and definitely wanted to spin this forward to you. Like do the have you seen Real the quick. series price? Yeah. Oh yes, I have. Real quick. And I, I got those numbers for you. I got two stats for you. Uh this is from Seth Partnow, who used to work in the Bucks front office. Yeah. Miami, 43 of 82 or 52.4% on contested three-point shots in this series. It's insane. For, per, for perspective, insane. league average in the regular season was 33.5%. So on 82 contested threes, they're shooting 52.4%. And one more, this is from Matt Moore over at Action Network. The Heat are scoring, uh, this was going into yesterday, 1.42 points per uh, per shot on contested catch-and-shoot shots in this series. So like they're averaging nearly one and a half points on contested jump shots. And after yesterday, they're shooting 52% on contested threes. Like that's, again, it's a four-game sample size. Like that's... Over four games, that that might happen for a team, yeah, and that's exactly what's that. happening for Miami. Yeah, you that's can do wild. that for four games. I I don't know. It's it's so it's series blowing series price. What, what were you? Uh, I saw the series price plus one twenty on my uh, Milwaukee, or has it has it moved? Yeah, I want to see what the update is. Plus one twenty five on Milwaukee. That is yeah. all you're getting for them to rip off three straight. We all, and, and I know we all did it. I went to go look too because I was like, mm, what am I going to get here? <laughs> no, 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 exactly. <laughs> I love the way you put it. Yeah, we definitely did that. Um, I don't know about you. Hard pass for me. Oh, yeah. At that price, yes. That's all I'm getting for me. I got to win three in a row. Like, this is, I I guess the part that I'm, I'm kind of laughing at is how much is apparently the books respect the bucks just, just as much, maybe even more than we do. Right. Like you haven't, you're not getting anything there. Plus one twenty five for them to rip off three in a row against this team. Wow. Yeah. That's not good. And, and, you know, Jeff Vogel, who used to work for us at VEASAN, um, he always brings this up at that point too, like where you're at, you might as well, you might not get the same bang for your buck, but you might as well try like rolling stuff over or doing something right to find different unique ways to get it. Cause yeah, that's not a price that's worth betting into, given the situation. But who knows? I mean, I will say the shooting numbers for Miami, they do say that like there's probably a come down that's pretty hard yes. here for Miami. And maybe that's over the course of the next three games. And I actually thought, so I'm not really a big fan of Kenny. Um, Kenny, is it Kenny the Jet Smith on TNT? Uh, <laughs> but he, he actually, I thought from a like a non-data standpoint, brought up a pretty good point, right? Because I think he was part of a 3-1 comeback, if I remember correctly. Um, so he brought up the fact that, like, narratively, if you're talking about your team, he's like, it's actually not that hard, and statistically it is. But I like the way he put it. He's like, think about it this way. You're going back home for this game, right? You're down 3-1. 
you're gonna be you're not gonna let them win that game. It's gonna be a good charged environment. You're gonna be back home. High probability that they win that game. He did not use the word probability, uh, but like you know, high probability <laughs> that the Bucks are gonna win that game. So he he essentially boiled it down to Kelly. He's like, all you got to do as a team that's down three one is win that game in Miami because you're assuming that you're gonna have a high chance of winning that game back at home to avoid elimination. You have to win that game six in Miami, and if you win that then it's game seven on your home court with a high probability of winning it. It was a very simplistic way of putting it, but I was like, yeah, I never really thought about that if you're talking about it from a Milwaukee standpoint. Now, getting it done is another thing, but painting in that light, I was like, huh, if only all three one-series deficits sounded this easy. (laughs) It was pretty good. I'll I'll tell you where the flaw comes in there. it's It's the one game that you can't predict at all where you get this, continue to get this donkey lucky shooting that the heat have gotten and you get, you start getting it from guys that you would never expect. Right. right. It's it's when Duncan Robinson started to make a few last night and you're like, Oh God. Okay. If we're, if we're just going to have the heat random start, go, start lighting it up. Like then you got a problem. So it's, yep. I, I, I think the it, it, gun to my head, I think the heat probably advanced, but it's probably because of one of those type of games they get over the next three games. It's just lights out shooting, really nothing that uh, Milwaukee could have done about it. And and as a better two, not even only the series price, but on the game-to-game price, you're not going to get any discounts because desperation, however much you think it is, the market is going to factor it into these game lines. Milwaukee yeah. is an 11-point favorite with a total of 219.5 for game yeah. five. No, no interest for me. I don't know if there's anything there for you. I think the one, if I was going to consider trying to bet a Milwaukee angle, I would just bet Giannis like over PRA or like points or rebounds or something like that. Like I, the one thing I'm sure of is Giannis will leave everything on the floor in a closeout game like that, where he he is going to take the ball, be extremely aggressive. And we already, we've already seen, he's going to rebound. He's going to rebound really well against this, this heat team every every time out. Yep. All right. So that was the, that was the first game. That was was just the first game yesterday. And then, then we get the second game. The Los Angeles Lakers uh, now have their own 3-1 series lead over the Memphis Grizzlies after a 117-111 win in overtime uh, over Memphis. LeBron James with an absolutely, like a LeBron James-esque performance. Mm-hmm. 22 points, 20 rebounds, 7 assists, 8-18 uh, shooting from the floor. Did not shoot the ball particularly well from deep, was 1-7. Uh, but when you're talking about the uh, what he did in terms of the clutch time in regulation, and in overtime, just a spectacular performance. And this is why, Kelly, you know, I think if you tweet out that a sport is fixed, you're dumb. However, <laughs> however, however, I will say <laughs> when certain moments like like play out in front of you and you're like, wow, that was pretty good for the NBA for that to happen. For LeBron James to have Dylan oh. Brooks on him defensively in what was essentially the game icing bucket that he scores on Brooks. And in slow-mo, Dylan Brooks just bouncing his torso off of LeBron multiple times, trying to get him off of his spot. And LeBron just going through him, finishing, getting the foul, and just like the beastie roar to the crowd. It could not have gotten any better in terms of a narrative. So like, do I think the games were fixed? No. But when you watch like narratively that go down, you're like, huh, the stars must have aligned, huh? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. What's funny is, like, I I mean, how many people are really out there defending and being Dylan Brooks fans, right? So it's like, you know, yeah, it might not be fixed, but were were we all happy seeing that last night? Yes, I think 90% of basketball fans were were happy seeing that moment last night. I was was like, dude, yesterday, both of those games, I was like watching it in the room by myself, and like my wife had to come check out because I'm like, ooh, ah, like, ah, yeah. it It was a great night. It was an awesome night. So hey, let's talk I about it's, Go ahead. I, I just, you know, real big picture. And then we can go more detail. I mean, this is, I think it's going to be an awesome playoffs and look, it might be a lot longer than we thought with the Lakers where you're still seeing some of these classic moments from LeBron James, right? Yes. Like this is, this is something that might be continuing for a Dude. while. You, you got a dose of it last night. I don't really know that there's any reason for us to expect for that to be that to stop anytime soon. I mean, I will say there was a moment in the fourth quarter where I think even, I can't remember who was on the call. Um, but he, like whoever was on the play-by-play even mentioned like there's some tired looking guys out there and then they show LeBron and, and Dennis Schroeder and AD and I'm like wow they look old like they look yes they look yes. old they yes. look tired they look haggard um Brian Anderson thank you and Stan Van Gundy so it was Anderson who brought who brought that up on the voice he was like yeah those guys look tired and old and uh it did look like the case and this is the thing I wanted to bring up for Memphis because there's twofold I think that comes out of this you know this loss and for the series moving forward the first of which is this shouldn't be for anybody out there who wants to spin this forward and they're not eliminated yet, but as we get to next year, if you thought highly of Memphis, I think you should still think highly of them. This just goes back to what we talked about when the series began, which is why, but the Lakers, they just have too many injuries to deal with right now. They're not, they're already not Kelly, a particularly good three point shooting team. And that Mm -hmm. showed up yesterday. They only shot 28 point or excuse me, 21.4%. They were nine of 42 from three point range. Dylan Brooks, excuse me, Dylan Brooks, John Morant is obviously injured. There was that scary moment where he fell on his hand and he looked like he was in really bad pain. You don't have two of your better front court options in Brandon Clark and Steven Adams. You're just kind of up against it. And kudos to like Xavier Tillman. I thought Tillman was awesome yesterday. He was he, again. Yes, right. absolutely. Yep. He was brilliant. You can't, like, you can't ask for more out of that guy than what yep. he's given you in the, the last night and in what, two other games this series? One Dude, other game? Awesome. 42 minutes, 12 points, eight rebounds, six assists, five and nine, bunch of hustle plays. There was one moment where he actually almost forced like a turnover on an inbound for the Lakers where he was scrambling over. Like it was just, it, it's, I watched this Grizzlies team and I just see a team that's trying really hard with a limited roster because of all the injuries that they have. Yeah, I think there's... I don't know. There's this all goes back to the trade deadline when we saw a lot of these guys switch teams, but it, it's, I scratch my head over, you know, you're, you're looking at a terrible three point shooting, uh, shooting percentage for the team. And then I look at, you know, what, what I believe he finished number one in the NBA this year. He did. Three, T- second year Luke in a row. Kennard, yep. Luke, Luke Kennard, second year in a row, two for four from three last night. He played 14 minutes. Like why, yep. why is he only playing 14 minutes? Like you, you're, you're talking about how bad you, you need the three point shooting. It's like they can't put him on the court. Yeah, I agree. I, like, I think because obviously the, the rebuttal is, well, we don't want him on defense. Well, it's like at some point you got to switch, right? At yes, some point, you have to. Like, right. And I don't mean like basketball switching. I just mean like you got to switch your mentality because mm-hmm. you have to trade off that offense for defense or vice versa when you're in these situations. And when you come out of that game with an offensive rating of 102.8 and you shoot less than 25% from three, it's a pretty good indication that maybe you should have put him out there. Yeah. Yep. I, I, like I'm sorry, David Roddy's not giving. He's not giving you much out there, and, yeah. and like he seemingly good plays the entire but, game. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, it's like I said, it's tough for the. It's and this is why we go back to again when you're talking about like probabilities and what plays out on the floor and all that kind of stuff. Like it's it, this is just one of those series where it looks like the matchups again are just going to dictate how this thing goes down. 
And I got to tell you, Kelly, I mean, look, if the Grizzlies were at full strength, I kind of think they win this series, given how well yeah. they fought in this series for the most part with their limited roster and how much better they are. Uh, but, and like, yeah, it's just tough. And I'll say one last thing on this because it was a good game. But one of the things that stuck out of the Lakers, like one of their big flaws, every single possession for both teams, really just bitching at the officials oh, for a foul. It's like it was unbearable at one point yeah. watching them do it. But this is the Lakers game. They force the action within four feet. They try to get fouls. And when they're not getting them, then it's just a whole bunch of like whining and moaning about it. And their free throw rate yesterday, 26.9 as a team uh, or 26.9 made field goal or field or free throws per 100 field goal attempts. It was a good one. It ranks in the 89th percentile, but man, that gets old watching. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, absolutely. I, I think the other, the other big takeaway for me just kind of, uh, you know, from this first round and, and even watching them in the play in, but it's the, like they got so much better after the trade deadline with these pieces, but they are still like they're one injury away from being like a thin team like yep. with, with that, you know, without much I coming mean, off the bench. And I'm not talking about an injury to LeBron or no. AD. obviously they're toast. Then I'm talking, I'm talking if Russell or Reeves get or Vanderbilt gets hurt, right? Like you are in major trouble if that happens. Yeah. Well, I mean, look thin. at, look at the way yesterday transpired, right? So I think it was Vanderbilt who hit a couple of threes early to kind of start their offense. Yep. And then in the third quarter, was it third or fourth? It looks like um, D'Angelo Russell is, uh, excuse me, the offense is toast. And then D'Angelo Russell comes in and hits three straight threes to go from 87 to 80 to 89 to 87 to kind of put them right back in it. Then LeBron and AD kind of do their thing afterwards. But to your point, like they got little contributions from everybody. Austin Reeves was good. But yeah, they're like a they're an injury away from being a pretty thin team. So it spins me forward to my next my next question. We'll have more on this obviously once we get the official one. But I'll ask you, Kelly, who would the Lakers rather see? The Kings or the Warriors? Because I don't think they want to see either of them. So, but they don't have a choice. <laughs> so so uh, someone else else asked uh, someone else asked me that earlier today. Uh, I said the Kings, but I'm with you. I don't think they want to see either one. I I, th I think you'd. I think you'd rather see the Kings because I think they're still – I don't think they have ideal matchups defensively for LeBron and AD, right? I right. still think I still think down low that's an issue. But, like, what the hell are they doing with De'Aaron Fox if he's right. healthy? You know what I mean? Like, there's things like that. Like, you got – like, and even Sabonis. Like, I, think, I think Sabonis will have his way a little bit on the offensive end with what uh, – against the Lakers big. So – uh, it's not ideal either way. I think though you'd, I think you'd rather play the Kings. I'm not super confident about that though. Uh, I, and that's not, yeah, yeah, that's not a, um, that's not a disservice to Sacramento, but I think you hit the nail on the head with, uh, tell me who's guarding LeBron on Sacramento. Harrison right. Barnes. Like, okay. Yeah. I mean, yes, it's him, right? Like it's him. <laughs> good, good luck with that. That's going to be absolutely tough. And then you're throwing some bonus on AD, right? Like yep. that's, I, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like the Lakers chances against that. But the other way around, uh, Curry and uh, the Warriors would be interesting. But they still have to win the series, and that's a 2-2 tie. All right, with that, it was a great day of basketball, but let's take our break. We'll, when we come back, let's spin this thing forward. We have three games today, and i got to tell you, I'm um, not really sure if I'm making massive cases for any one of these series to get extended later tonight. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. 
Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, back here on Hardwood Handicappers. A, uh, a good slate, an interesting slate, but we do have three teams that are pretty much up against it. Uh, we've got, actually, I think, let me double check I want before I, yep, we have three double-digit spreads today for the NBA games later tonight. So a high probability of all these tickets getting punched for the Boston Celtics, Denver Nuggets, and Phoenix Suns. So let's start at the top, Kelly, and we'll just work our way down the rotation. Atlanta and Boston, this thing opens up 10.5, 231.5. We're up to 13 and a half with a total of 230 and a half. The snooze here and why this number is as high as it is. Jante Murray suspended for his bump with an official at the end of the game in game four. Smart move, Dejounte. Good job. Yeah, uh, that's, <laughs> like, it does speak to how annoying this Hawks team is in terms of like the things they let get in their way. And this was one of those things. Like that's a total mistake by Dejounte Murray. Is there any case that you're making here for Atlanta? to stay within this number, to win this game, anything at all? Man, can they still? We'll move on. I still think they can get hot. Um, No. I I just, I do think, I think that Murray suspension is probably bigger in the landscape of this game than we want to make it out to be. Just Just because of how good he is obviously on the court, but then, I mean the deflation factor, right? Even if you were, even if you were pumped, down three one, still thought like, hey, these past couple of games they've at least been kind of close. Uh, you know, we we won one, the last one we won, we lost by eight. Like we're not getting blown out. Like I think we we can we have a fighting chance here. But then Murray leaves, and you just start. I just start thinking about it. You know, are the rest of these guys going to be checked out? Like you know. John Collins hasn't been wanted on this team for like five years. Like Trey Young's been going through all kinds of crap this year. You still got a coach trying to find his footing. This just feels like the ultimate gentleman sweep, like see you next season game, right? Like let's go to Boston, get it over with, go home, hit the beach, whatever, go golfing for the summer. Yeah. Like, and so one of the things, the angle that I kind of took here with the game was when you're looking at like the constant throughout this entire series, right? Cause there's been a lot of ebbs and flows and changes um, the one constant has been Boston's offense through four games, offense rating of 116.6, a, um, non-garbage that's a non-garbage time. They've shot through 41.4% from three point range. And how about this in four games, they have generated the highest frequency of wide open attempts. 27.9% of their attempts have been considered uncontested or wide open in the playoffs with the second highest effective field goal percentage on those attempts. So in other words, 
Atlanta got their shooting stroke back in Atlanta. They have not defended at all at any point in this yeah. series. And if the role players, as is the old cliche, right, the role players tend to play better at home, worse on the road. If you're going on the road without DeJounte Murray and your role players maybe fall off a little bit because of the road environment, like we kind of expect them to, whatever percentage it is, and you're still not going to be able to defend Boston at a very high level, it just everything screams Celtics. And I would I actually wouldn't say no to laying it. Like you said, like this is not really this kind of a deflating spot, especially yeah. without Murray. And if you look at the numbers for them offensively on the road, like, you know, we've talked about the wide open shooting numbers for Atlanta. I didn't realize how bad their offensive efficiency was in the two games. A non-garbage time offensive rating in Boston of 101, like for Atlanta. Yeah, It was abysmal in two games. I'm just, again, kind of going back to the top. Like, I just, I'm finding really hard to find any sort of positive push here for the Atlanta Hawks, if we're talking about it from a betting perspective. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this will be a, I, I, you know, for some reason, if they come out slow, Boston side, I'm able to get in, in-game on them. Yeah, I'll lay it. Like, I, I'm I'm with you. I don't even, I wouldn't hate, if anybody's sitting at home saying, I'm just going to lay this 13 right now, I actually don't think it's a terrible, I, I don't think it's yeah. a terrible bet. I, w- I would wait to try to try to get it something better in-game, but I'm with you. It would be, I'd be laying the points before I'd be taking the points. Yeah, I laid the I laid the number before it moved, and that was that was all I've got here. I think Celtics are gonna uh, kind of crush them and move on. Because the other part, and I think we don't, we talk about this sometimes, but maybe not enough. Boston is obviously motivated because they want to win the series. They're also highly motivated because they want to get that series started with Philadelphia as soon as possible. Sure, to give yeah. Joel Embiid less time to get ready to go. They want to get this thing done and move on so they can maybe start that series up against Philadelphia, who is uh, hurting right now with the potential of Joel Embiid not being ready for the beginning of that series. All right, next game on the board today. Minnesota at Denver. Denver opens up nine, total of 222.5. Looking at the screen right now with where we're at, Denver's up to a 10-point favorite, total of 220.5. So we got a little bit of a movement there on the total to the under. So I'll I'll present it to you again. Is there a case that you want to make here for the underdog? Because actually, when I wrote this up, Kelly, I actually found myself making the case for Minnesota because of the number. Uh, But did you have anything here? Now, I've got no bets uh, completely today yet, again, at least. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, obviously it's the shortest spread, but this is. <laughs> Most this competitive is, game. Right. This is by far the best chance we have of an upset, right? It is, is Minnesota against Denver. I don't. I really you? just don't. I really just don't hold out much hope for Atlanta or, or the Clippers. Like, what, I think what? those are those are tough, tough spots. You're asking those guys to be in. We, meanwhile, Minnesota, we have seen competitive, and we've seen, um, you know, I think we've seen some play from from them that has been sporadically bad and sporadically good. Right? If yep. they can put, if they can kind of put one game together here, man, yeah, I I wouldn't be shocked at all if they rolled in it and won this game tonight. Well, here's the thing, and I think they have something that the the Falcons, the Hawks don't, <laughs> and that the Clippers probably don't have. And, and the Timberwolves, it, it's that the Timberwolves have a player, and I think it's Anthony Edwards, who is capable of single handedly yes. helping them win a game, right? Like in, in, in the big, in the bigger part with that, and that's where I meant mainly around him is the right. consistency factor, right? If he can, if he can look more like a vet and not like these are the first times I feel like you've really seen him look like a kid sometimes is this series where you're like, you got to remember this is a young kid still, man, if he has a grown up big boy game here, this team's live against him. I mean, he showed it right. He had a big boy moment when he hit that three, when it looked like they were letting go of the rope and they were going to blow it. And it was a one point game and he hit that three to make it four and essentially ice it against Denver the other night. So 
you know, he's capable of it. And I, I think that's like kind of where I'm at. And I, so I, I was digging around. I found an interesting stat and I, I wonder what you make of this. So Denver has outscored Minnesota by 9.4 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time in this series. So in other words, they have a plus 9.4 net rating in non-garbage time through four games. What I found interesting was, because I wanted to dig into some of the numbers, and I was like, oh, well, maybe there's an in-game angle with betting on Minnesota when Jokic goes to the bench, right? Yeah. When Jokic is off the floor, they have a negative 26.1 net rating. The Timberwolves, not the Nuggets. So, like, in the <laughs> that's... That's been their biggest problem in this series. And actually, to a lesser extent, it kind of speaks to what we're talking about with the the Memphis Grizzlies, where think about it. Nas Reed's not playing. Jade McDaniels is not playing. And you look at this and you're like, yeah, man, like you're kind of up against it. And your bench, which probably should be able to make some headway when the best player on the floor is not out there. Well, it actually hasn't been the case. And their bench has been winning the Denver Nuggets. The bench has been winning uh, in those minutes. So I think that's where they're kind of up against it. But ultimately, I kind of came around to if we're talking about 10 on a number that closed like eight, eight and a half in the first two games, like, I don't know why you're upgrading the nuggets from a point spread perspective, just because they're back at home and ready to close this out. There has been stretches where this has been kind of close. I would, I would much rather be on 10 than I would be laying it. Yeah. Yep. This is, yeah, th- this is the one game where I would be, it's, it's, it's definitely lean to give me the points instead of laying it. That's yeah. for sure. And I think the bench numbers are a little bit of noise. I don't know if there's much you can do with it. I just thought it was pretty fascinating that no, they had no, such a bad is, net rating. It, it is, and for I mean, for you know, for this team going into next year, where I mean, there was there was a bunch of us that expected a lot out of Minnesota this oh, yeah. year, right? Where it's the you're still dealing at the end of this season, you're still dealing with the same problem you were dealing with at the beginning of the season. How do you effectively play Go Bear and Towns together and actually be and be a great team, right? There, there, that's still being a, that's still a problem for them, and it should not be a problem when you've given up the assets that you've given up to acquire both of those guys. Right. I mean, either, either through the draft or through trade, like you got to make that work. Cause it, yep. it's, if that doesn't work, that nothing's going to work here. I don't care how, how good Anthony Edwards is. All right. The last game on the board and the last one, of course we have to get into it. And hopefully, hopefully it's not the last one of the series. Uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, my mic wasn't going out there. I was just kind of weeping, uh, taking <laughs> on the Phoenix cry. suns. Um, <laughs> 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 This is now back on the road. So Phoenix is back at home. We know no Kawhi Leonard. Uh, this thing is now 12 and a half, total of 224, 224 and a half. And I, I just, look, the way I, the way I tacked this when I was writing it up, Kelly, it, you kind of just go back to, and it's funny. So you watch the games and narratively, if I were to ask you, and I think this is an easy answer, right? The best player for the Clippers in this series, not named Kawhi Leonard, has been? Russell Westbrook. I did not realize how good his numbers actually were. Yeah. Like in terms of what they did in LA, because you just watch it and then you get numb to the fact that they're losing these games. Over the last three games, Russell Westbrook, 31.7 points, 6.3 rebounds, and seven assists on over 50% shooting from the floor. Like Westbrook has been incredible in this series, offensively and defensively. He's done everything he possibly can to help this team kind of tread water in these games. But the problem is when you run into a game like this is first off again, going back to the premise of a road game and role players not playing particularly well. If you're not going to get any production or good production from other players, and it's very hard to ask Russell Westbrook to carry those numbers forward, as you're talking about in this series at such a high level, like it, like Nick Batum has been non-existent. He's yeah. averaging 0.8 points in this series. Eric Gordon shooting just 36%. Marcus Morris is still a nightmare, and yet Ty Lue continues to try to play him because he's got nothing else, even though he does. His name's Robert Covington. Uh, or starting Terrence Mann. Um, yeah, for real. 
Yeah, right. He just won't do it. I, I had one angle to bet here that I did bet, which was a player prop. But other than that, from a side perspective, kind of like you're saying, if you get the expected dip in production on the road from role players, I don't know what the case is for L.A. here. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this is how they win the game. I think in my mind, this might lead right into your player prop, and I might have been looking up a couple things while you were talking. But it, it's, okay, Zubots has to handle business down low, right? right. He's got to be massive down low, taking eight and out of the game and contributing offensively. And then not one of them, both of them, between Russell Westbrook and Norman Powell have to have huge scoring. And yep. Westbrook probably more than just scoring. It's the rebounds and the assists as well. He's got to be a dynamic fisher of that team. So I I don't I just looked up both of theirs like twenty four and a half and twenty four and a half is the point prop for Norman Powell. Twenty five and a half is uh, the point prop for Russell Westbrook. I I might get involved. It'd probably be PRA, but I'll probably get involved with with Westbrook tonight. I don't know hey. what we've seen. I don't know what we've seen. JVT out of as you just broke down what he's done these past few games. Why would we think that's going to change, right? There's, I mean, there's even there's almost even more pressure on this guy as a veteran player to go up, step up, and play well. So we'd be on the opposite side then, because I was actually looking at his points, rebounds, assists, but playing them under because um, you think it's gotten too inflated, because right? It's, it's, it's at forty two and a half. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's like that's it, for for a guy like when you're talking about like Russell Westbrook and again. He's been playing well, but that's essentially what he's averaged over the last three games, and he's been playing out of his mind. Yeah. So to like to get that adjustment to that point where it's forty two and a half, and like when I played it, it was just under minus one twenty. I, I I think that was kind of worth it at a cheap price because tying everything we have together, right? Where if there's an expected dip in production on the road from Westbrook, if they're going to lose this game, if they're going to be up against it. And he's not going to get much production from anybody else. Like, these guys haven't been playing well at home. Why in the world would I expect Nick Batum to all of a sudden wake up in Phoenix? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right? Like, the, the, all of that put together with an inflated number of 42 and a half. I actually went under on points, rebounds, yeah, and assists. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue that because we know, we know the number's inflated. Because yeah. of what he's done the past few games and the guys that are not there, you know the number's way inflated. I was originally looking to hopefully go over Norman Powell's, but I don't, I don't know how you can justify yeah. Like, the, the book knows what they're doing, too. 24 and a half? I mean, look what he's done What he's done this series. Okay, yeah, he had that one 42-point game, but other than that, it's 14, 12, and 14. Right? Like, I don't, and, and not necessarily a ton of shots. Yes, he got 15 shots up last game. Um, but yeah, I, and I don't know that I can get myself to go over, over that one. So, all right, that's it. That's interesting. I, I, I might end up talking myself into the over, but I, I completely understand why you're going under. Yeah, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Well, hopefully we get some good games out of it because on the surface tonight looks like it's going to be a pretty boring night after yeah. an awesome night last night. So I guess you got to give and you got to take. So we'll see what happens. All right, Kelly, anything else before we get out of here? Now, um, now I was going to ask you a bigger picture question about uh, the card tonight, but I think we covered it all. <laughs> I was going to say, well, the the one team you think that actually has the best chance of covering, but we I think we all we both said that with Minnesota, right? Yeah, I, I from, think that's from an the, underdog. From an underdog. Yeah, yeah, because I've got to bet on one of the favorites, and I'm playing a I'm playing a points, rebounds, and assist prop that ties in with the other team losing. So, yeah, I, I, I really I really don't see myself getting involved in the Clippers Suns just just because. I mean, there's been nothing done this series for me to get more on the sun side of things, right? Like, it, it's yep. cool. Like, you're going to beat the Clippers team that's just suffered horrible, horrible injuries. Like, I, 
if if anything, it'd be me getting in on the Celtics live tonight. But that, that's the number you said you already just laid, right? Yeah. Yep. Ten and a half. So yeah, by the I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Clippers win this series if Kawhi's healthy. I don't care. Prove me wrong. I'll never be wrong. I'm pretty damn certain my over five and a half games would have at least gotten. Oh, uh, yeah, that's tough because I got <laughs> so I got plus two and a half games. Yeah, it's essentially same the same yeah. bet. You know what I mean? Like we're just we just need one more win. It would awesome for them to be like, or it would be awesome for them to pull this out if I could speak English. Um, it would be great to happen, but you know, yeah, and you, actually. You, you would have- you and I will be randomly big Clippers fans tonight. <laughs> like yeah. If you were like, well, like the, the shot to the bar, you know yeah. what I mean? Where it's like everybody's dead silent and there's one guy going crazy in the corner. That would be me or you. Uh, it would be I, you every night. But you're yeah. right. Yeah, I was going to say you're going to make me weep because it reminds me of uh, the two years ago when they made it to the Western Conference Finals and I was out in L.A. for like a, va- a quick vacation and I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings and my wife, who is lovely and supports me, went with me and it was just me. And shockingly enough, this old woman who was sitting by herself in the corner of the Buffalo <laughs> Wild Wings, just consistently getting glasses of wine and like cheering for the Clippers in that That's Buffalo awesome. Wild Wings in LA. Like that it was, was awesome. it was, it was great. I kind of wanted to talk to her, be like, "Man, what's your story, lady?" Like she was, she was probably like, she was probably like pushing sixty-five, and she was just like drinking wine at a Buffalo Wild Wings and cheering for the Clippers, and it was absolutely tremendous. Just me and her. Oh, that was amazing. It. That's amazing. <laughs> And it's funny because I was like, this is how sad I am as a Clippers fan because I was like, oh, I'm out in the L.A. area. Like, the Buffalo Wild Wings must be popping. Everybody's probably <laughs> right. watching this thing. No, it was me. I'm just one old lady. No, I'm it's like, L.A. There <laughs> <laughs> was a Lakers game. You'd all be out there. Uh, all right. Hey, really quickly, last two minutes. We don't spend a lot of time, uh, but I would like to send my condolences to you, Kelly. I apologize. Um, I know that you're really feeling this. So did you want to say any words before you put your Shea Gildress Alexander most improved tickets into the ground? No. Is it officially, is it officially out? Got announced yesterday. Yeah. I didn't even see it last night. I I basically buried those forever ago. Yeah. Cool. Larry Markin and most approved player, uh, 69 first place votes, 430 total points, 24 for Shea, 289 total. So. Yeah, that was the one, that was the one that unfortunately, Unfortunately, I knew it was over pretty pretty early because uh, we've we've had some great people on NBA Twitter that have started tapping, you know, getting all these votes yep. together. Whatever people have publicly released them, and there was one point last week, I think it was, where I'm like, "Cool, there's like 17 on record for marketed, three for SGA, and one for Brunson." I was like, "I don't right. think this is gonna work out." Yep, they um, toast CSGA next year MVP. <laughs> All right, a reminder, uh, it is Tuesday. That means we're two days away from the first round of the NFL draft. Hit up vcin.com slash draft. I did it right that time. Boom. Check out everything that we have to offer uh, up on the website. Matt Humans has his second mock draft out, so that's a good read. Matt is a, a great mock drafter, if you will. Uh, and also, make sure that you just watch the network for a lot of coverage. How about this thing? This is a, this is a good nugget. I'm going to leave this with our people. You can go check this out up on the website or up on our Twitter account at vcin Live. How about this for a tweet or a headline or whatever you want? Uh, this makes me click on the link. Will Levis is not a top 10 pick. That was from Stormy Bonatoni and Mike Pritchard earlier today on Lombardi Line. So Ooh, check that boom. out. Up on the Twitter Eat it, account. Live. Right. Yeah, that's, that is an incredible. We're a basketball podcast. I'll just mention, why are we not going out and starting fake Reddit rumors to shift the market in areas that we want to go bet? Like we the really should way? be. We really should be on incredible. everything, apparently. <laughs> uh, all right. With that, like, rate, review, subscribe, and we'll talk to you tomorrow here on Hardwood Handicappers.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.